Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast, a podcast for anyone who finds themselves in the ambiguous adventure of young adulthood, a season marked by uncertainty, change, love, heartbreak, and a whole lot of big decisions. Sit down with me for some real and raw conversations with some incredible people as we dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this beautiful yet complicated season of life. If this podcast helps you in any way, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with friends. Be sure to join the conversation on Instagram by following goingsomewhere.podcast. We're all going somewhere. We might as well go there together. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Going Somewhere Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Whitney Liedahl. How are you doing, Whitney? I'm great. So glad to be here. Hey, I am so happy to have you on. (laughs) Uh, We were just talking about how, for me, the podcast is half like, I want to be beneficial to the listeners, but it's also just, I get to hang out with my friends. Yeah. When do we get to hang out? (laughs) This is great. Never. (laughs) I know. I have to like schedule it on a podcast to (laughs) hang out with people, but no, this is so fun. You and Nate have been uh, significant role models in my life for a long time, but do you just want to maybe introduce yourself and your family and just what you do and stuff? Yeah, my name is Whitney and um, I'm married to Nate and we have three kids, 10, nine and six right now. And so we are in the throes of elementary school life and loving it. I love the season <laughs> of life. My youngest is in kindergarten. And so I just waved everybody at the at the bus drop and I say, see you later. And wow. Yeah. So I feel like I've had a little more freedom than I've had since my first one came, but yeah, we are, you know, about exactly five years back yes. because we have a yes. nearly five-year-old, yeah. <laughs> a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So yes. it's like, I watch your life and I'm like, oh, <laughs> So back in the day when we were on staff with Chi Alpha, mm-hmm. you know, we worked on staff with, with Chi Alpha for a number of years, but you guys were bivocational, working part-time, but we'd have staff meetings at your guys' house yes, so that you guys could be there and yes. Amea would be there. And I remember having staff meetings at your dining room table and me not being around babies very often. And so me just being like, she's hitting the table or she's <laughs> smashing her food. And, and you're just like, yeah, so let's plan the next semester. Like, what do you guys think? And I'm like, does not anybody else hear this happening? So it's just funny how the full circle. Yes, learning to live in distraction. Yeah. No, that's, it's true. Kids aren't distractions, but they do distracting things. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful distractions. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you guys are still involved with Chi Alpha at NDSU. Yes. And also you do a variety of other things. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I'm um, part-time with Chi Alpha and uh, dabble in nursing, just the teeniest, tiniest bit still. <laughs> and um, Nate is still working at the hospital and he volunteer pastors. And so, yeah, we're, we're loving it. That's this awesome. is, yeah, sometimes people ask, how do you balance it all? And we're like, well, this is our hobby, like our one and only hobby that we have. And we love it. We wouldn't do it any other way. So you guys are really good at your hobby. <laughs> you should consider going pro, but uh, no, it's, it's so cool. And that's been, you know, such a cool example because a lot of the college students in our ministry, they, a majority of them are going into situations similar to your guys's where yeah you're working full time, but, and you're raising kids, but also I want to be involved in ministry. So I, I felt sometimes as a full-time campus pastor, like I related with students and they resonated with my life, but I think there was a whole nother level. Like anytime mm-hmm. you and Nate were involved because it's like, 
I see myself being there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I think just your guys' role has been so valuable. And it was when I was a student because mm-hmm. I think I moved to Fargo the summer you guys got married. So I just yeah. missed yes. the wedding of the century. <laughs> and um, and so I, I have like vivid memories of my time with you guys mm-hmm. as like a freshman and sophomore yes, staying so over at your house. And <laughs> yeah. I, I remember one time specifically, Nate had gotten up, went to work. I was a college student. I slept in. And then you just made me breakfast and I skipped my class that morning and we just like had a talk yes. and it was the best. So I love that. Good memories. Yeah. I feel like one thing that you guys are really good at and what I want to talk about today is just like your ability to initiate. Mm. And I think when you talk about college students transitioning out of college, which this is kind of the time of year where you guys just had your Kyle launch event where all the seniors that are leaving um, have an event, but, um, I just think that that's such an important aspect of young adulthood is Mm. especially when you leave college, there's a lot of our life in high school. That's kind of like, here's your class schedule. Here's (laughs) your weekly schedule. Your parents have, and then you go to college and similar in a lot of ways. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, who's doing that for me? What am I supposed to do? Do you just want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. Nate and I were just talking about this recently and uh, we were kind of talking about in college life. Uh, the other day I was walking through the union and there was organizational tables, you know, and, and every table is like, Hey, come be a part with us. Hey, come be a part with us. Hey, come for-. like, you don't have to really do too much to get involved wow. places. Cause every place you go, like people are begging you, like be a part of our group come and be a part here. Like, this is what we stand for. And so it's really easy to find places to belong in, in college. And then when you graduate, everything stops. I mean, you can go to work, maybe you work in a cubicle all day long, and then you go home, maybe to your apartment by yourself, or maybe you have a roommate that has a different schedule and all of a sudden you're all by yourself and there's nobody really initiating like there has been in high school and college. And so, um, I think it is so incredibly valuable, important that whether we like it or not, we got to figure out how to initiate some things in our life. Otherwise we're going to be lonely and, and we find ourselves like not feeling like we have a lot of purpose. For sure. And, you know, I think one of the things is there are people that are initiators, like maybe more naturally. Yeah. And I think we have names of people that can come to mind quickly of like, yeah, yeah, they're the ones that are gathering the people. They're the ones that are hosting the event or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then there's other people that have never viewed themselves. Like I'm not an initiator. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person that's in the front of the room. I'm not the person that is a connector relationally. So how did those people kind of step into an initiating role in their own lives? Yeah, it's not easy. And actually I feel like now I am initiator, but that did not come naturally for me that I feel like there was something that I really had to cultivate and discipline myself to do. Uh, I remember back in college, there was actually an outreach ministry that we were going to be a part of. And they said, well, hey, during this outreach piece, like we have this bag. And if people come to the front, like go give them this bag and and introduce yourself and and get to know them a little bit. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And so I, you know, the time was there and I had this little bag and I I walked up to the person and I just got scared. I handed him the bag and I ran (laughs) and I left. I left the building. Like that's how much not of an initiator I was. But I think the biggest thing to overcome that is just seeing that I have something to offer. Like you might not be the life of the party. I'm not, I'm still not. But I, even though like there is something that I have to offer that can be 
um, helpful and to be a blessing and, and to be um, good for others. And that is really what motivates me to be an initiator, even though it doesn't come naturally. That's that's saying so important for people to hear is like, I do have something to offer, you know, and yeah. I think sometimes, um, you know, the, the loudest people can almost crowd out the, and that, that's been a thing for me. Like being an initiator does not come hard for me. It, it comes very easy to, mm-hmm. for me. And I've had to learn and realize like, and even in my own marriage, you know, like Taylor is fine to kind of you know, come alongside and she's not the loudest person in the room. She's the funniest person in the room. She is the funniest person in the room. (laughs) But she's not always like, she doesn't demand attention. She just gains it by being naturally herself Mm -hmm. and being awesome. But um, I think I've had to learn to like, all right, I want to let other people step in because I I know they have value that I can never add into Mm -hmm. a room. And that's my marriage. But I think it's in other people too. It's almost like looking internally of like, what do I have to offer? Yeah. And sometimes it is low self-esteem and you have to like allow God to reshape that of like, this is what, who you are, who I've made you to be. But I think that's such a good place to start is mm. like, what do I have to offer and how can I initiate in that area? Mm. But what are some of the areas that you feel like young adults have to initiate in the most often? Or what are some of the, the things that you guys have done? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think it starts really simply. It was interesting. I was reading a news article um, just a bit ago, and it was talking about how loneliness is like such like an epidemic. Like even um, like health officials and on the front lines are seeing that like loneliness is impacting the young adult wow. population so much right now. And I think if anything, just recognizing like. I might not be the life of the party, but I can have something to offer by just being a part of somebody not being lonely. Like just being a friend, being another person in the room, sharing simple life um, can be such a huge thing. Um, I think in the workplace too, um, stepping in um, from maybe school life to workplace life, initiating, um, hey, should we grab lunch together? Uh, Simple things like that. And um, being okay with being told no, or like, Hey, I can't today, or, um, I'm not interested and just kind of expecting that, um, I'm going to be told no sometimes, but that's okay. What do you, what do you think holds people back from initiating? Like you just mentioned the workplace. What are some of the things that maybe hold people back from doing that in the first place? I think sometimes from the outside, it looks like everybody else, like, oh, well, they already have all their friends or they already have the routines or, or I think being told no, I don't know, for me, that was something that I was scared of that. Oh, what if they say no? But then I'm like, well, what if they do? What's the worst that's going to happen? Right. It's just no. Then I'll just go ask somebody else. Um, So I think those are a couple of the things that, that really hold us back. And um, I think sometimes just the unknown um, as well, like, oh, I'm, I'm a young adult. Everybody else here has families or they're older than I am, but wow. Some of my most favorite friendships are, are with people who are in different stages of life than I am. I actually have very few friends that are in my same <laughs> stage of life, it seems. <laughs> right. Well, I think too, just comfort, you know, I think, um, sometimes we, we look at comfort as like a, peak existence. Like if I'm comfortable, like we think financially Mm -hmm. or our house, like if my house is the way I want it and I have all the right decorations and all the right Mm. things, then that'll be good. But it leaves us longing for more, yearning for more, or 
what we have in aesthetic, we don't have in relational connection. And I, I just recently, Amy Olson came on the podcast and she was talking about hospitality, like simple hospitality. Mm. And she's like, we will choose to not buy new things. And so if it's a rug that we're going to be concerned that somebody steps on it with 30 feet, we're not going to yeah. buy it because we don't want to worry about that when we're trying to connect with the people. Yeah. And I think mm, just that's the, really good. The comforts of just our everyday life sometimes can cause us to, if by initiating, I'm leaving that. And what if something bad happens? And we have a mutual friend, Steve Pavic, who is kind of ingrained it in my brain of like <laughs> reversing that question of like, what if they say yes? Mm, <laughs> like you might have a best yes. friend, you might have a you know, husband or wife in, in the terms of like initiating yeah. even just relationships in that way. And yeah. so I think there's so much good that is behind that door that sometimes it's the, if I open the door and a bear is there, but the percentage of that happening is pretty low. Right. You know? <laughs> right. For <laughs> it's sure. usually something good. So yes. Yes. No, that's really good. I feel like, um, you know, finance is another area mm. that I drifted in. Mm. Like I had good teaching um, and maybe it was just like our my season of life. I graduated. I was single. I wasn't paying much in rent. I wasn't making much as a missionary. But at the same time, like I was just like, oh, I'm good. Like I've got what I need. I had more than I had in college. <laughs> and so how are how can people initiate in that area mm. of their life? I think one thing is just being self-aware, like just taking the time to think like, how am I doing actually financially? And taking the time to think like, where, how do I want to handle my finances? And then being an initiator by seeking out, like seeking out a financial class or seeking out, like taking the initiative to find a good book on it or finding somebody around you who's doing it well and, and sitting down, you know, asking them like, Hey, can I learn from you? Um, but I think, I think one thing to being an initiator is just being a little bit of self-aware and taking, but the life go, it, you know, we're not unpurposely self-aware. I think life just goes so fast sometimes that we don't even take the time to stop and think like, where am I actually right now? How am I doing? Right. And where, where do I want to be? Um, but when we take the time to do that, then we can actually do something about it, which is exciting. That That's good. I, I like maps for some reason. Yes. I come back to map analogies I like a lot. You like lists. Yes, okay. I like lists. <laughs> Cause I, 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 when I think of a map, you know, when I've gone backpacking with like the niece brothers or anybody, there's, you know, your starting point mm -hmm. and then there's your end point. Yeah. And, but sometimes we like live our life without both, <laughs> you know, mm, we're just kind of wandering yeah, yeah. and usually we find out like, okay, where are we going? But the first thing you do when you get to a map, like on campus, for instance, is you go to the map mm -hmm. and you, hopefully there's a big thing that says <laughs> you are here. Yes. And then it allows you to at least go, okay, I know I need to go that way. And I think the same, same goes with finances mm -hmm. and just our life is just like, man, I don't know where I'm at. And so I don't know how I'm supposed to get to where, like, I know I want to be debt free. I know I want to, you know, invest in my retirement mm -hmm. and I know I want to buy a house someday, mm. but honestly, I'm scared to even figure out where I'm at in relation to. Yeah, that. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, um, for me initiating, it took a long time, but I, um, you know, I got to the point where all my friends we're financial advisors, or, you know, <laughs> many of them. Yeah. And I, I don't know how many phone calls or texts I got. I'm like, oh, I haven't heard from this guy in so long. I'm so excited <laughs> to catch up, you know? 
and that you know they had they had their thing and i'm glad they did and they're doing their thing but uh one of them i took took him up on lunch offer and he was so compelling with the conversation we had and he quickly showed me like this is where you're at this is if you Mm. don't do anything different for the next five years and this is what you do if you just make a little tweak for the next five years because that was always our excuse was Mm. like oh we can't really do much you know yeah and it was like, oh, and he showed it to me. And so he's who we've trusted with our oh. financial advising. And but taking that initiative took me years to mm-hmm. actually like say, mm-hmm. like, I was scared, I think. Yeah. And so whether it's initiating a budget, initiating a conversation, the Dave Ramsey, you know, class, yes. uh, Financial Peace University, what are some other things in that area that people can do to initiate? Mm. I stole a lot of the good ones, so. Yeah, you know, our situation was that when we were getting married, we um, literally got three copies of Dave Ramsey's Money Makeover. And, you know, <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, like, oh, you should read this book. It's a good book. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know. And then, like, we got a copy. And then another person, like, oh. And then by the time we got the third copy, we are like, okay, we really do have to read this book. And right. so for us, um, it kind of was shoved on us, which we are super thankful for. Um, and so that really was what initiated, um, you know, conversations between us and, and the willingness to have some discipline in, in how we, because the thing in the area of finances is, is it's denying yourself a lot of times of what you want in the moment. And so I think that's another reason why we don't take initiative because you're like, oh, I know the right thing to do, but I don't really want <laughs> to do it today do it. <laughs> after this or after this, after this. But yeah. Um, yeah, for us, the Dave Ramsey stuff, it was very informational and very motivating too. Like when you read his book, you're like, I want to do this, which the motivation is a big key, I think. Even just, you know, I think an easy click to the right on this area is even like listening to the their podcast, you know, Yes, I haven't checked that one out. Oh, yet. it's, That's... it's really good. It's mainly him taking like calls from people. And yes. so sometimes it's like, Oh, see, I'm old. I used to listen to his radio show, but that's probably <laughs> his radio show. Radio on show. <laughs> it is his radio so. show. Pr- oh, that's great. As, I love that. As a podcast. <laughs> and, but then they'll have like people doing their debt-free screams. And so every once yeah. in a while you listen to an episode where it's like, Oh, that's me. Like, that's my problem I'm facing. Like yeah. I want to s- buy a house and I'm tempted to just put 2% down because that's what my friends are doing. And then to listen to Dave, you know, call him an idiot. is kind of nice. He's not calling (laughs) me it. So, but I think, you know, just taking whether it's a resource or a class or just Mm -hmm. something that, you know, we don't have to go all the way with initiating. And that's the the hard thing. And it's just starting somewhere. Sometimes I think we feel like we have to have everything all figured out before we can initiate something, but it's literally just taking one step forward. And that's usually the hardest one. And after that, it's kind of, then you're rolling. Right. Yeah. It's like the debt snowball. It is like Thanks, the debt snowball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, one area that you guys, and I think college students that are leaving college, you're in an educational place. Like that's yeah. the purpose of it. You are told what to read and how to grow and become the career that you're aiming at. And I think sometimes it's like a burnout thing. It's like, mm. I don't want to look at a book again, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but I think one thing I've admired about you guys is your just desire to keep growing mm. and to um, to keep getting better. And whether that's in your field or whether that's just in life in, in general. And I know one of the things that we've always been able to connect on is just like 
what books are you reading, Whitney? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I, I know we've had a number of times where we've read the same one and mm-hmm. we just kind of nerd out in front of our spouses and it's fun. But yeah. um, what does that look like for you guys, just initiating just a personal growth mm. environment? Yeah. You know, I think for me, the biggest area that guides me in my personal growth is, again, just being self-aware and seeing where I'm lacking. Like, you know, if somebody asks me a question and I'm like, that's a really good question. I don't know anything about that. You know, then that like sparks my like, wow, I, I want to wow, be yeah. like a go-to <laughs> and I, I want to have answers and guidance for people. And so I want to learn more about that. Or when I see um, things lacking in my life or when I don't know what to do in a situation, I love to find somebody that that knows way more about it than I do or um, has taken time to study an area and and learn from them, looking at people and authors who have, done well and right. and learning from them. But I think so often it's like, mm, this, these are the things that I see in my life. I need some guidance in, or I don't know anything about this. And, and sometimes it's hard to admit that, like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to <laughs> handle this. Life, but <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I feel like the longer I live, the more the and more I of those. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, books are a great resource and it's, it's really fun to learn more. This is like a put you on the spot question because I yeah. didn't, we didn't talk about it at all, but are there any books that you would kind of jump off your mental shelf right now? That's mm. like, these are a few that new grads would benefit greatly from. That is a really good question. So a few recently that I have been going to, um, uh, Jamie Ivy and her husband have a really great book, a new book out on marriage. I believe it's called Compliment. It's blue and pink. And that has been so, so good. Uh, Nate and I have really enjoyed it and have, we do a little bit of premarital counseling um, with some of the college students. And so that's been a really good resource. Another book that I've really appreciated is a lot of times people come to me asking questions about um, anxiety and depression in their life. And I personally have never walked through either of those. And so I feel very incompetent in Hmm. how, you know, how I can help. And so there is a book, um, that's called, I love Jesus, but I want to die. And it was written by a pastor who, um, has walked through deep depression and suicidal ideation, um, throughout her life. And she just gives a beautiful perspective, what it really feels like and what it really looks like and how she's navigated it and how she's prayed for healing and it hasn't happened yet, but her big takeaway um, is that, um, even in like the darkest moments, Jesus is with her and it's just given, helped me have really good perspective on how, um, what to say to people when they feel like they're in a really, really dark spot. And, and she gives a lot of practical pieces on, um, how to take care of yourself and how to navigate counseling and medication and all of that too. And so those are just the couple off the top of my head that have been, uh, really helpful for me recently. That's really good. I think maybe I just, I'll just do an episode of books to read if yes. in like different areas, because I think for me, you know, if somebody asks me and I have 10 minutes, I can send a list of like, these are the ones, right? Exactly. Know, like, but I think, yeah, that's a, I'll knew, be thinking of I knew some it was tonight, a loaded question tonight in my bed. I'm like, Oh, I should have said this, yeah. book, <laughs> this book and this book. Well, if you send it, I can just still link it in the, <laughs> in the description. Uh, but, um, there's one that I wouldn't say like this is the best book I've read, yeah. but uh, I'm rereading it right now just because of 
a new season, but it's called At Your Best. Mm. And it's basically, it's Carrie Newhoff. And he talks about how, um, like, we need to be doing what we're best at when we're at our best. And so whether mm. that's work-related, hobby-related, or even just, like, family and relationships, mm. you know, we have our green and yellow and red zones. And I think if young people can actually navigate and figure that out sooner in life, like... Yeah. We spend a lot of time, I think, doing the things that give us no joy and give mm. us when we are technically probably at our best. And so like the book kind of helps you figure out when that is and mm. what to do about that. And sometimes you can't control it. Like if the boss calls a meeting, you can't be like, oh, I'm not I'm actually at my best right now. I should be doing <laughs> I should be doing this other thing. But um, but just cultivating what you can mm. and. And that's another initiating thing is just initiating the your own life and schedule in that way of like, if you have a choice over when you can look at emails, don't look at emails in the morning or set 10 minutes to do it and then yes. do it later in the day. So I, I like coming back to those things, but I think it starts with just being, you know, having the mentality or the heart of like a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. And um, cause it's all about motivation. You know, I think half of just, stepping into a new season and having to take the bull by the horns and and initiate things and start things and do things without anybody telling you I think the biggest thing is the why Mm -hmm. and so maybe for the whether they're a new grad or just a young adult in general that maybe is struggling to initiate whether it's friendships whether it's relationships at work Mm -hmm. change in their life Mm -hmm. what are some of the the, maybe the purpose, the why that you found or that you would encourage somebody else to look to for that motivation? Hmm. Ultimately, I think if we, when we have an eternal perspective, not just like an earthly perspective, we realize how much purpose that we have. Like when we have the hope of Jesus and the love of Jesus and the peace of Jesus that only he can offer, um, that, that is what motivates me. Um, I think that is above and beyond the, the top thing that motivates me. Um, I think though, um, to answer your question on the practical side, um, sometimes when we look at work and you're like, Ooh, that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of, that's a big work week coming up (laughs) and, you know, chores and bills to pay. Like sometimes we can look forward and there's not a lot of fun that we see. Um, I think it is really helpful to have something to look forward to. Um, that's something that Nate and I talk a lot about is like, what, what are we looking forward to right now? And, um, just that little piece and maybe it's a month away, maybe it's six months away, maybe it's something big, maybe it's something small, but just continually having something fun to look forward to seems to like infiltrate into all the other areas of life that maybe we have to do out of diligence and, and so just taking time and initiating something to look forward to is, has been really helpful to us. That's really good. I think that's an area that maybe I nerd out in a little bit too, <laughs> is just like, so I, I thought about this in terms of a wedding, you know, mm. weddings are the most anticipated day in somebody's life, you know, and, and there's celebration, there's expectations, all these things. And really it's one day, you know, it yeah. gets as much time as another day. And of course it's very significant and, you know, all the things that take place, but I just kind of thought like those ingredients that are in that, what if that was our everyday, you mm. know, you look forward to a wedding for a year or, you know, you're planning it, you're looking forward to it, you're expecting yeah. it. And I, I've just kind of thought through like the 
farther or the closer you can get, like that next thing you're looking forward to, the better. So Mm -hmm. if you, and for me, initiating has kind of come down to this too, of like, when I have lunch with my coworker on the schedule for noon on Tuesday, that's an expectation. That's one of those things that's like, I'm excited about that. And so I think it's almost putting those things closer. So yeah, I've got the camp that I'm speaking at this summer that I'm really excited Mm. about, or I've got the trip that I'm taking with my family or the weekend at the lake, you know, coming up that I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for this. (laughs) But it's also like, I'm also looking forward to this conversation (laughs) as I've had my week in front of me. I'm like, okay, that's like one of those peak points, two o'clock on Wednesday when we're (laughs) recording this. I'm like, that's the podcast with Whitney. And so I think that that almost helps change the mundane mindset of work and those other things that mm-hmm. kind of slap young adults in the face. Like, <laughs> yeah. wait, this is what it's like, you know, uh, cause our day is really like a third. It's a third at work, mm-hmm. you know, for most people, it's a third sleeping. Yeah. And then it's a third pick your, <laughs> choose your adventure. Right. Right. And I think sometimes the way we live the third of work almost makes us feel by default that like, I'm just going to watch Netflix or I'm just, yeah. It, and we miss out on so much. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another thing is just initiating a third of your life and being really, really like excited to cultivate. What is that third going to look like? Yeah. And, and what's the third at work going to look like? The one that we don't have much control over is the sleep one. Right. <laughs> like, right. Hopefully that's uneventful <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and not exciting at all. Don't waste it on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things in the area of growth too is just mentorship. And I think, again, you guys, you know, have been mentors to many. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe this is one of those things you're really good at giving and not great at getting. But I think mentorship is one of those things that's really important too. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you go about finding a mentor and finding somebody that's a few stages ahead? What would you look for and how would you go about that? Hmm. That's a really good question. So I think looking for someone who has um, the same values, the same things that you hold important to you is really important. And then looking in the area of look for people who are doing it well. And sometimes I honestly think we can maybe feel a little intimidated or like even like jealous, like, oh, they have everything else. But like rather than like go the field, the jealous, like completely go the other way and be like, you are doing awesome at this. Like, tell, like, I want to learn from you. How are you doing it? And, and so, um, I think that's a really big piece. And then I think there are times where, I mean, for me, I feel like it's been hard. Like there aren't very many women pastors around me. So I have been in seasons where I felt like I'd love to have a mentor, but I don't really see one. And so I think not in all seasons of life. I mean, I think the ideal is to have a person, a real person like sitting down across the table from you, but not to forget, like it can all also come from afar. Right. Um, I have spent a lot of time listening to women preaching and speaking and, and teaching and learning from them, even though I don't get to know them personally, they live somewhere in Texas, but they're people that I really admire and look up to and, and would like to emulate in my life. And so in those times when you're like, I'd love to have a mentor, but I can't find one, keep looking and keep searching. But in the meantime, that doesn't mean that you can't have anything like find. I mean, that's the one good thing about social media is like <laughs> you can learn a lot from somebody, even though you live nowhere close to them. That's so good. And, and you can't, 
you can't give away what you don't have either. Yeah. And so you are in a season two where you have a lot of young ministers and pastors and you know we've been able to see a number of uh, women go into full-time ministry or into just part-time ministry, whatever the case is. And a lot of them come to you like, Whitney, mm -hmm. what do I do? How do I do it? And I think you could sit there and be like, well, I don't know. Cause I've, but you've sought it out and mm -hmm. therefore you at least have something that you can give mm -hmm. beyond just your own experience yeah. too. And I think, um, with mentors and people that have a heart for mentorship or, recognize like a calling of mentorship. Not everybody has to have that, but they probably don't have a shortage of opportunities. So they're usually not just like, who can I mentor? <laughs> right, like, right, right. Looking around. There's some <laughs> that do, and we are grateful for those people, mm -hmm. but most are almost happier than you are when you ask them. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, when I was in New Jersey working with AO1, I was new into the nonprofit space and we had a quite large budget and none of us knew what we were doing. <laughs> and I just kind of thought one day I was like, who is in this world? And Paul Herkman from venture who mm. I've met through Chi Alpha yeah. at different events, he kind of popped my brain and he had talked to me a, a while before that. And so he was fresh in my mind. So I called him and I just asked him like, would you like monthly hmm. just take an hour and just listen to all my dumb questions. I was literally like, just tell it to me. Like I'm in seventh grade trying to run. Cause that's how I feel like I'm, I'm trying to run a nonprofit as a seventh grader. It's my mental ability right now. And he did that. Like mm. he helped me kind of take the big picture and make it small. And mm. I'm so grateful for mm. him. And I've had that in different areas of my life, but I've learned that if I want it, I need to go get it. Like I need yeah. to ask them, make the call. And so I don't know who that person is for our listeners today, but like there's probably somebody mm. and it could be, it's not like I asked Paul, all right, I also want you to mentor me in basketball because I really want to be good <laughs> at basketball. He's like, I don't play basketball. Like, no, you're my mentor, <laughs> but in different areas mm -hmm. of our life. And so yeah. whether that's somebody in finance, mm -hmm. if you're a parent or you're newly wed, like we do a lot of premarital counseling as pastors and I'm starting to do more postmarital counseling yeah. of like, six months later, be like, now let's have that conversation again because mm -hmm. it's different now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely something to pursue Yeah, and not wait on the sideline no, for. No, so good. Yeah. What, uh, as, as, um, many of our young adults in, in our circle, as you lead Kyle for their graduating the next few weeks, or some of them are in your experience as a new grad, like looking back, you know, it feels like for me, it's 10 years already, <laughs> which is insane. But looking back, like what encouragement would you give them hmm. today? Sometimes I feel like we want to have this perfect setup or perfect scenario before we start something after graduation. Like, well, I, I want to know that I'll be able to do it really well, or I want to be completely knowledgeable about it before I start it. But what I would encourage um, you in is just take one step. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know exactly what you're doing, but just take one step and see what happens. And sometimes you'll take a couple steps and you'll be like, hmm, nope, that wasn't quite uh, the right thing. Um, but you might take a couple steps and like step into something that you never dreamt um, you would be doing and um, find 
full purpose and so much joy in it. And, and so I think, um, yeah, we don't need to be able to see to the end before we make a move, but just take a step and, and, and trust that you have something to offer and trust that God has, God has you. And, um, so often we're so thankful that, that we took that first step. That's so good. I think, um, with, with the podcast, you know, that was kind of why we called it going somewhere podcast. Cause I feel like we, I don't know where I'm yeah. going. Like, yeah. I still don't either. <laughs> the, the story of Abraham, I've told it on the podcast before, but the story of Abraham was kind of the Genesis for us of our own, uh, journey in moving to New Jersey. This is before we were offered a job. We just knew in our hearts, like, yeah, this, this feels like something's going to change. Yeah. And it was the words of like, go to the place that it will show you that have just kind of resonated mm. with me. Um, and I think Abraham stepped out in confidence, not God didn't tell him this is where you're going to end up. This is where your first place is. He, he just had to get up and go. And yeah. I think that is scary, but you know, I know that's why this podcast exists to help people <laughs> navigate Absolutely. that, that difficult journey. Um, one of the questions I ask everybody on the podcast is if you were to go back to your young adult self, so hmm. looking 22 year old Whitney in the eyes, what advice would you give her? Hmm. You know, I think that kind of along the lines of our previous questions, but one thing I did not realize is how many different seasons there would be. You know, I kind of thought there was the high school season, then the college season, and then like adult <laughs> season. And it just kind of stayed the same after that. But wow, I feel like I've been on like 25 seasons since I was 22 years old. And so again, don't feel like you have to have like this like plan that's going to work out great for the rest of your life, but just take a step forward because in a year and a half, everything's going to change and then you'll have to adjust. And then another thing's going to change and you're going to have to adjust. And, um, and actually I've loved that life keeps changing and seasons look different, you know, especially, you know, in the single and in the married and kids at different stages and job expectations changing and, and work hours changing. I mean, all those things, um, have a huge impact on our life. Right. And so, uh, we don't have to pick one thing that's going to work perfectly till we're 65 or whatever it is, but just take a step forward and kind of got to go with the flow. And God has a great, great plan. Yes, he does. <laughs> Thanks so much, Whitney. I know even just the seasons thing, like just the other night, she wouldn't mind me saying this, but Taylor was putting Rowan to bed. He turns one on on Saturday Exciting. and she came upstairs and I was doing bedtime with the big kids and she had the tears streaming <laughs> down her face. And I was like, what's wrong? She's like, he's getting big, you know, yeah. and this is our last baby. And it's just, you know, we're at that point where he is about to walk. He is moving everywhere. The, the little baby stage for our family yeah. is coming to an end Yeah, and it's probably not healthy, but Summit started like making faces and dancing and <laughs> jumping. And then he asked, does that make you happy? Like, <laughs> for like, you don't, you're not responsible for our happiness. So. But, <laughs> but it does make you. me laugh. Yeah, we love you. We are though. <laughs> but yeah, we're like, this is not like probably healthy behavior, but personality is shining right now. That, that's his, Kinsley went to get Kleenex. So Kinsley came back with Kleenexes for Taylor yeah, and was like right. dabbing her yeah. eyes. And then some was just like, does this make you happy? <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. 
But no, I, I, uh, every once in a while on my phone, a picture or a video like on Google will be like eight years ago today. And it's like one of Amea. And <laughs> it's just, it's actually really special because honestly, when you guys had Amea and I got to be just a part of your life in a small way, I was like, I want to be a girl dad. Like before girl dad was like a thing. I was like watching Nate as a dad to a daughter Aww. and then getting to like be at Kyle for events and just lug her around or a fall retreat, <laughs> just carry her around. Like it was really special. So now having my own daughter and now my two boys. It's really Your so, family is so great. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. And you guys are too. And thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So much fun. This is so fun. <laughs> Nate, you're next. Nate's next. No, yes. but thanks so much for listening, everybody. And if you don't already subscribe uh, and like it, comment, do all those things so that more people can watch. But we'll see you and you'll hear us next time on the Going Somewhere Podcast. See ya.